Today is a special day for us, obviously having the baptisms, but we're also doing something that we've really never done in this way, and that is that we have someone from our church family that is going to share their story, share their story of what God has done in their life, where God has taken them, Uh, and we all have a story, and your story can be a powerful way for God to use you to speak life and truth and and him into somebody else. Many of us in this place, we don't feel equipped enough with the Bible. We don't feel like we know enough about stuff to tell somebody about God. You can tell them what God has done. Uh, And and so we, in the churchy world, we use the word testimony. Uh, And and maybe you've heard somebody say that before, a testimony in church. And uh, the word testimony in church history is a little more, though, than just telling somebody's story. It carries with it this declaration of, we believe God can do this again. And so it's, it's God has done this, and, I, and by saying it out loud, we are just believing that God can do this again. In fact, the Hebrew word that is translated into English as the word testimony, and the Hebrew is, is the language of most of the Bible, it's this word, uh, eduth. It's spelled E-D-U-T, but pronounced aduth. The definition, like the literal translation of this word, is God do it again with the same power and the same authority. And so we have this beautiful idea of as we stand up and give a testimony of what God has done, and that can be in front of a group of people like this. It can be sitting down for coffee with somebody one-on-one and just sharing what God has done in your life. It's this beautiful declaration of, I believe that God can do what he's done for me for you and that he will do it again. And it is a, it is a powerful, powerful moment. And so in a minute, we're going to have someone from our church family come up here, and they're going to tell their story, and we're going to celebrate that, and we're going to say, God, we believe you can do that again. Uh, but before we do that, and I'm going to skip the, I'm going to skip the little, the verse right there that I was going to read. I'm going to give you three things that your testimony does, that when you speak this out, three things. Number one, write this down if you're taking notes, and I only got six minutes here total, and I'm already halfway through it, okay? Number one, your testimony praises God. It praises God. As we begin to tell of what God has done in our lives and how God has changed things and and done whatever he has done, as we speak that out loud, it is giving honor and praise and worship to our God. It is saying, God, you are great and you do great things right? And I love that as we speak that out. It's worship. And we often think of praise and worship as, as just being music. And I'm, are you asking me to dismiss the children? Is that why you're standing by the door? <laughs> but I'm, I'm on a roll here. All right, kids, you are free. And the parents are like, good grief. Let them go. Let my people go. We might as well start over. No, I'm just kidding. All of a sudden, like, like the kids' worker's walking down the center aisle, and he's like staring at me. Okay, okay. So your testimony, when you share your story, it gives praise to God. It gives honor to God. Uh, And and praise and and worship is so much more than music as we declare what God has done. And so we speak out what God has done in our lives. Learn to do that. 
as it is praise to God. And I want to encourage you to do that. Your testimony praises God. Second, your testimony declares victory. And it declares victory in your own lives, and it declares victory over the people that are listening. See, as we open our mouths and tell people what God has done in our lives, it's like we're declaring victory over the situations and circumstances that we face and we have faced. We declare victory over, the, over addiction when we share of how God took us out of addiction. We, we declare victory over anxiety and fear and trauma as we share about how God has done that in us. Uh, we declare victory even over abuse and hurt and sin as we talk about how God has forgiven us and we declare forgiveness over those that are listening. We, we hear how we have experienced victory in our own lives and that changes things. I'm, I'm just telling you the power of our testimony. Sharing your testimony can also be a powerful reminder to yourself of what God has done and we believe that and we hang on to that. Uh, and that sin doesn't dominate our life anymore. The old is gone and the new has come, as, as Paul said in the Bible. And no matter what the lies of the enemy and what he whispers into your ear, we can hold on to the fact of God has done that, and I believe that he can do it again. The tongue holds the power of life and death, and testimony declares life. And many of us, though, have seen God work, and we keep it to ourselves. And maybe we, we, for some reason or another, don't speak that out. But when we open up our mouths and speak our testimony, it praises God and it declares victory. And finally, number three, your testimony inspires action. Uh, when I, I was just with a group of people from our church and we were in the, the nation of Kazakhstan, this crazy place where it's Muslim everywhere and it's, uh, uh, it's amazing what God is doing though. And and God was work, is working in these teen challenge centers, these addiction places. In fact, there are, there are like 13 total churches, in this, Christian churches in the nation of Kazakhstan, and there are 17 challenge centers. So uh, addiction-based stuff, Christian addiction-based ministry is how things are happening. And when you, we would show up at these addiction-based centers, and we would hear these people stand up and tell what God had done. And they'd say, I was a 12-year-old Muslim addicted to heroin. We heard that more than once. And they said, my parents were desperate, and they took us to this Christian-based teen challenge thing because they were desperate, and I found Jesus, and he has changed my life. As we sat there and listened to these crazy stories of former Muslims who, who had dreams of Jesus and all of this type of stuff, we were all filled with this emotion of, I have to do something. I, I can't just sit there. My God is so great, and I want everyone else to experience this right here. And so you don't just sit there. When we begin to share about what God has done, we find ourselves as the body of Christ rising up and saying, we want more and more people to experience who God is and what he can do. And it inspires the church to action in that way. Uh, when I hear of people finding freedom from addiction, it inspires me to want to reach other people. When I hear someone giving their life for the first time to Jesus, it inspires me to want to see that and hear that more. And I'll just be honest for a minute, being a pastor can be some of the heaviest things that I have ever faced and ever been a part of. We, we, we have, unfortunately, the opportunity to spend uh, 
with people in some of their worst moments. And it's heavy, and it's no fun. And I'm telling you, as we begin to see and share what God has done with one another, it lifts the spirit in even the darkest and heaviest type of thing. And so here we go. Here's today. We are going to have someone from our church do this part now. And they're going to share. And uh, I'm fired up about this. We'll have to see how this goes. Okay. Uh, But we're going to hear the story of someone whose life was going in the wrong direction. And God got a hold of them in a new way, in a different way. And so I want you to put your hands together right now for my friend Zach. Come on, let's go. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'd like to take a quick second here and uh, thank not only... um, the staff here for allowing this opportunity to share my story, but also God for putting me in this place. Um, without him, uh, I have no idea where I would be at in life right now. Um, a lot of amazing things have happened to me in a, a short period of time. Also, congratulations to everyone that got baptized today. It's truly amazing and encouraging to see people chasing Jesus and, and God in that way to, for me to continue moving on in my, my story. Um, so I, I got asked to do this, uh, by Pastor Kyle a couple weeks ago, and I have to be honest, uh, my first inclination was to text him back, uh, in Spanish saying, lo siento, no hablo ingles, and then, uh, look for a different part of the country to move to. Um, I was, uh, I was scared. Um, this is a nerve-wracking thing. I, I enjoy sharing my story, but standing up in front of a, a big crowd of people is a little bit intimidating. Um, thankfully, I had a voice in my head that um, told me otherwise, that this is something I, I should do, I need to do, um, and I think as I go through my story, you'll, you'll hear a, a pattern of, of fear, um, wanting to run, maybe coming up with stories, things like that, um, and it's a, it's a part of my story that uh, I've had to try to break over the last um, two years. And honestly, I've been praying the last couple of months for God to use me to help others um, as best as possible. So if that means 15 minutes of being squirmy up here in front of all of you, I accept that. Um, So getting into my story, uh, I'm originally from Sock Center, born and raised. Um, I grew up in a a blended family. I'm number five of seven kids. Um, I grew up uh, terribly introverted, um, just an incredibly shy kid. Um, it always kind of felt like I had a tough time making friends just because I would not get out of my own shell. I, it had to pull me to go to social interactions. I would find places to hide at weddings and things like that just because the social anxiety. I did not like being around people. Um, I grew up in a Catholic uh, household. Never really felt a, a connection um, with going to church there. It felt very much rule-based and like God was um, just the, the, the rule giver and I had to follow those rules and it just wasn't very relational. Uh, however, I was fortunate enough early on in my life to have God plant a seed. And when I was probably about 11, 12 years old, um, my family was invited to come to River of Life Church. Um, that was... 20 years ago, maybe, or ish, so it was before Pastor Kyle's time here, um, 
But we came here, and at that time, uh, the pastor had asked uh, the congregation to come up and with a question that they wanted to ask God. And I'm young at this point, and I don't have much understanding of God. And I asked him, um, what should I do with my life? And, and he looked at me and, and said, that's exactly what God is here to do, is to guide you in what to do with your life. That was the first moment I'd ever felt a relationship with God and a, and a sense of belonging. Um, I had really felt at peace here and just, I left with a very um, solid I don't know, sense of belonging here. Um, <clears throat> so as we get into the teenage years, uh, so I'm from a blended family. My uh, parents had split up at a pretty young age. I was about five years old. I had a difficult time dealing with that and processing a lot of it. Um, I think in my teenage years, it kind of led some of that introvertedness into more depression. Again, having a tough time coming out of my shell and feeling a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. Um, where that started to take a turn, though, was with sports. Um, it just so happened that I was one of the more gifted athletes in my grade, so I gained some sort of semblance of popularity, of starting a feeling of belonging with a group of people, and it was uh, a great feeling. It was awesome to have that first uh, sense of belonging. Um, you know, from there, uh, you get your group of friends, you play sports, and then uh, I think it's very common in that type of setting and wanting to be someone who is liked and pleasing people. Uh, you make friends. I got invited to parties with uh, upperclassmen, uh, and that's where uh, my drinking career had started uh, at a very young age of 15, 16 years old. Um, looking back, uh, I did it as I just wanted to fit in more and more and, and have that sense of belonging. Um, it, it started off pretty uh, innocuous, uh, you know, not uh, too uh, insidious by any means. Um, but looking back, um, that's really where a slippery soap had, uh, had started. So as we move on from my teenage years going into college, um, my drinking starts to increase. You now are removing me from this sports background that I have where I had that sense of belonging and now that kind of evaporates and I, I'm left again feeling like I have no purpose, don't belong. So now I'm chasing all the wrong things, um, partying and all the things that come along with that to fill that void in my life, to fill it, um, stuff it down or to completely ignore it and run away with all the, the problems I'm having. That led to a myriad of different things that happened during that time. I transferred schools twice. Um, in four years, uh, I had gotten a DUI um, about six weeks before my 22nd birthday. And that's the first time I questioned, you know, maybe I've got a problem, uh, a drinking issue here. Uh, I took six weeks off, I remember, uh, to the day basically because it was the DUI, then six weeks later was my birthday. So, of course, I was going to go back to drinking, and I convinced myself that I, I've got this under control. I could stop at any time. Um, so then the drinking continued as normal. I was drinking every weekend, and this started to spill over into my, um, my life outside of school. So I got hired on um, immediately out of college in my studies, my field of uh, studies in finance. Um, yeah, I was doing pretty well, but then uh, I still had that sense of not belonging. There were the, the pressures of life, um, of not amounting up to what I had envisioned for myself at a younger age. 
um, and, and just overall being disappointed and not ever addressing those deep down issues of depression, anxiety. Um, <clears throat> so drinking became an every weekend thing, um, you know, drinking uh, until passing out, um, and it was just my normal cycle of life. I lived that way for five years, lying to myself that I didn't have a problem, and it was pretty easy. I think we live in a, a society where if you're having some sort of um, emotional problems, um, you seek worldly things to try to, to satisfy it, satiate that, that issue, and ignore it. Um, and, and it doesn't work. Um, and over years, I just kept on burying and burying that problem until it got deeper and deeper. Um, <clears throat> and then we come up to, uh, and all that to say, I do not blame society for my <laughs> choices either. Uh, make that very clear. I made a lot of poor choices on my own. Um, I just think it's a lot easier uh, to slip down that slide if uh, those things are at play. Um, <clears throat> getting further along in my story, we're coming up to end of 2019, beginning of 2020, and COVID hit. Um, so this was a, a very weird time for all of us, right? Um, from many outside appearances, it probably looked like my life was going pretty well. I had advanced in my career through several promotions. Um, I was making more money, uh, which I thought would make me happy, uh, making more money than I thought I, I would when I first came out of college. Um, I was engaged uh, to my now lovely wife. Um, we had a house on the lake. We had a dog. It was all, you know, from outside appearances, sunshine and rainbows, and that's what I wanted everyone to think. Because um, not only was I lying to myself about my problem, I was lying to everyone around me. Um, <clears throat> Well, you take uh, someone who's got these issues of depression and not feeling um, like they belong anywhere, and you isolate them uh, even further, uh, it just added fuel to the fire to where my weekend drinking uh, started to permeate through the week. It started drinking every weeknight. Um, it got to the point where I was drinking throughout the days to where I would go weeks and weeks of not being sober. Um, a lot of shameful things that I uh, look back on that uh, were going on in my life. Um, <clears throat> and I don't live in that shame anymore, but those are still things that I have to share that are part of my story. Um, so we move forward again into um, August of 2021. And going back to those things that I think are going to make me happy, those worldly things, um, my wife and I got married, and it was a beautiful day. It was, a, I mean, a lovely wedding and one of the best days of my life. Um, again, though, uh, it was such a high of high, and I, um, of course, drinking through this entire time, um, come to this peak, and I have an immense crash afterwards of uh, still feeling empty inside and just being so lost um, and scared and fearful that there's nothing that's ever filling this void. Um, so in September of 2021, just a month later, I had plans of taking my own life. It had gotten that bad. Um, and <laughs> uh, it's uh, unfortunate reality that things had gotten that bad, but I, I had made plans. I was sitting in my backyard when my wife was not home and I was going to, to end it all there. 
Um, of course, I was drinking during this time. Um, it was not in a pleasant state, but thank God that there was something that stopped me from doing that. Um, and from there, I, I told my wife that, you know, I, this problem is outside of my control now. Uh, I've gotten to the point where I want to end everything. And that's where I, uh, I checked myself into a mental health facility in Brainerd um, that, uh, that very weekend. Um, it was a huge, uh, it was humiliating to me at the time that things had gotten that bad. I had come out of my drunken fog at this facility and I remember coming to and just seeing how crazy my life had gotten um, from the, the innocent um, teenager that I started as to where I had gotten so deep down into a dark path where I had to check into a mental health facility where they had to, I couldn't have shoestrings, I couldn't have uh, a band around my waist because of the fear of what might happen. Mm -hmm. And that's where I made uh, the uh, choice to admit to myself that I had a problem and that I was an alcoholic. Um, <clears throat> and I can remember being there, it was an overcast day, very similar to what we have today, looking out these big bay windows that was at this facility and admitting it and looking out and the day got a little bit brighter. It just, there was just this glow. Later that day, we were in a group setting of other people in recovery and everyone's going around sharing their story it was an incredibly moving thing. The expectation that I was going to share as well, um, but I had no intentions of doing that until I heard everyone's story. And I thought, oh my, I'm not alone. It's, I felt, again, that sense of belonging and purpose that there were other people that were going through the struggle uh, of life. Um, and I just opened up and I spilled my entire story to these, this group of 20 strangers and at the end, there are people in tears coming up to me and hugging me and showing me this love, this uh, unconditional love to a stranger. And it felt like 500 pounds had just flushed through my body, and I felt like I was renewed in life. Um, it, was a, um, it was water to my soul. It was just a rehydration of my soul and my being. Um, from there, I had gotten out of the facility shortly thereafter. Uh, I had taken some time off of work. Um, thankfully, I was able to do that. And there was all this talk of higher power <clears throat> that's in the recovery community. And I had remembered back to that 11, 12-year-old um, situation where God had planted a seed of a place where I had met him and I felt comfortable. And it was River of Life Church, so I ate made the decision I was going to come here one Sunday by myself. It's kind of a, an intimidating thing to walk in mm -hmm. kind of by yourself. Um, I came in. I sat down. There was the singing. That was weird to me. Uh, <laughs> I now love it. But uh, uh, the sermon, uh, you know, I don't remember much about it. I remember leaving with the intention of coming back. But before I could leave, none other than our very own Pastor Corey finds me, uh, as I think is the inside joke here that no first-timer leaves without meeting him. Um, and we're, we're talking for a couple minutes, um, and he says, hey, we should grab lunch. And there was this um, little voice in my head after I left, and I said, hey, it says, hey, like, pursue that. Just lean into it, take him up on that offer. So I went home, I found his email address online, and and Corey had set it up within, within three days. We were having lunch, and it was an amazing experience. And again, it, it just welcomed me into this, 
this church family into the body of Christ. Um, and it was, again, that sense of belonging and purpose uh, of someone actually caring to take the time to do that for me. And I think I was pretty motivated on my path uh, of recovery and growing in my faith. But I'll tell you what, guys, um, giving someone a smile and making them feel welcome here, there's so much power in that. Because what Corey did that day through God was set my trajectory on an exponential growth. And it just, it really filled me with so much fire and passion to keep coming back here and keep feeling that feeling. So I, I cannot say that and, and emphasize that enough of how much power each and every single one of us have with, with God filling us with that spirit. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, what God means to me now. Um, I had mentioned he rehydrated my soul, right? And that is the view that I have of God now. He is my well for which I have to come back to each and every single day. Um, and I'll say through... This church family, um, through prayer, through coming here, is the bucket from which I, I get him and receive him. Um, without being around other people that are, are chasing him, without time spent in prayer, um, I, I, can, I can feel it. It's going back to that step towards Jesus and God and, and you know, continuing to chase that. Yeah. If I take a step towards him, he's taking that step back and I feel it. 100% each and every single time. And when I'm not doing that, there are ebbs and flows. It's not an easy journey. But I, I do promise you guys, if you are going through something similar, if you know someone going through something similar, they can take a step forward today, tomorrow. This story that they're living in, that you're living in, if you're going through a difficult time, it is not the end. He is there. He, if he was willing to save someone who was going through such a dark path, had zero communication with him, there's no reason that each and every single one of us cannot be saved, that anyone in this world cannot be saved. It, was, it has been such a, a powerful journey for me. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I'll tell you what, guys, uh, I'm getting a little bit lost here in my story. So I just, again, want to thank um, everyone for this, this opportunity to speak in front of you. Um, if God is telling you something, that little voice in the head, do not fight it. I fought it for years and years and years, and our human minds are very good at finding excuses to not do the things that we need to do to better our lives. So keep chasing that voice, and I promise you it will grow. So with that, I would like to end... Um, to pray over everyone here. <clears throat> Father God, thank you again for this beautiful church family that you have given me, that you've given this community, that you have built here. There are truly amazing things happening in this place. I am so grateful to be a part of it. And God, I just hope that my testimony today touches someone here, that you light your voice up in their head that gives them courage to step out of the shadows, take that first step towards you, and know that they will be received with love and arms wide open and <laughs> that they can be saved. Lord, please fill us up with the courage to approach people who may need the help, that guiding hand, that uh, touch just to hear your voice. God, protect everyone here. In your name we pray. Wow, thank you. Thank you, Zach. Um, beautiful stuff.
Beautiful stuff. Will you stand with me all over this place? You were created by a beautiful God who created you to have relationship with him. And we as people constantly feel like there must be more. And we look to all sorts of things. And his story is, is a story that's not that far off from every single one of us. And your story may not have alcohol in the same way, but you have your own things. You have your own ways that you have tried to fill this void, fill this emptiness. And I'm just telling you, you will never, you will never find what you're looking for outside of God. He is your creator. You were created to be with him. And you can work and you can make money and you can be successful and you can do all the right things and you will still find yourself someday saying there's got to be more. And with no one looking around, every eye closed, just kind of a moment of privacy and reflection. Maybe you're here today and you have never personally responded to this message of Jesus. Maybe you relate to Zach and his story and and maybe you're here today saying, I, I need to respond to God and what he has done. I'm not asking you if you've gone through confirmation or been baptized or even if you just go to church. Like there is something deep down inside of us, a heart decision that we must make to say yes to God, to say yes to what he has done through Jesus. And if you're here today and you have never done that, you've never made that decision for yourself, and you wanna do that today, I wanna to ask you to just lift up your hand and I just wanna pray for us. No one's looking around, I'm not gonna call you out and make things weird, but for someone in this place, this moment right here matters. And thank you, thank you, you can put your hands down, thank you. If you're watching behind a screen right now, you can respond to it's a heart thing between you and God. And so church, let's just pray together, everyone in this place. Like th these aren't magic words. It doesn't work like that. There is a, a deep down heart moment, but we just help each other by just praying. Pray this, pray, Father God, I respond to you today and what you have done by sending Jesus to die for me. Forgive me of my sins and change my life. In your name I pray, amen. Come on, can we just put our hands together? Let's just celebrate for a moment what God has done.